Amen. Happy New Year. Um, it's going to be an interesting year. Great opportunity for those with faith to get very deeply in. It's great, a lot of motivation to move your trust to the Lord. And this, it is so strange what Kurt mentioned this. Every, I've talked to so many people just recently. They can't get through to doctors, offices, specialists, like you get referred, can't get answers, just wait. This is like everybody I talk to. And um, <clears throat> I don't know exactly what to attribute that to. So I will say this. We have trusted. I'm not anti-medical profession, but we have put our, our, our we're, what's your go-to? It's, I'll, I've said this before, it's the medicine cabinet and call the doctor, right? Like that's the go-to, the first thing you do. The first thing we recommend to each other uh, often. And um, it's not that that's bad, but let's make a cha change, a transition into calling out to the Lord first in a real specific way and encourage one another to pray and move <clears throat> to stop where you are, pray for one another, whatever the situation, the more impossible, the more you should just take a chance, take a risk. Because you don't know where these miracles are going to break out. We, we know we have the... Um, we, ha we have the documentation that this is ours. It belongs to us. This will hold up in a court case. And so sometimes we don't see, get to see justice manifest, but it doesn't mean that the law's not there, right? And by faith, we tap into the supernatural. We tap into what the Lord uh, is going to do, wants to do, and uh, so just commit yourself to trust. Um, and everything in the world right now, it's just really important to believe the promises, believe the prophetic words, um, even if they're sometimes confusing. And uh, I loved um, something that I was listening to Kim Clement's daughter, Donna, which if you've never heard her, she's picked up the mantle for Kim like she uh, carries on. Uh, the, um, all of the prophecies that he gave. And I love listening to her talk because this is the true sign of a real man of God. He was a great dad. At home, he wasn't this super spiritual person. He was a, a loving, normal, loved Christmas. You know, just he was a guy, but he was faithful to his children, to his wife. And there was peace in their home. They didn't feel like they were living with a weird prophet. You know, they, they felt like they were living with a good father. It's important. When you hear that testimony from children, you, you can that really, that's credentials there. That's credentials. Every pastor, every person in the ministry, forget the documentation on the wall. Your real credentials are who your people are, right? That's, that's Paul said that. You're my letter. The documentation that I can get off online <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Really. The documentation is 
what are the fruits of your labor and what's, what, what are you producing when no one's looking around? So great time. We, we watch with some anxiety the uh, transition of the new Congress coming in and the, the battle for uh, who's going to be the speaker. And, and all the while, Donald Trump is putting out um, messages and um, get wise about all the things that he said. If you haven't caught up with that, like... Don't just take things for face value that he says. He's always working. He has a plan and he has uh, an influence that's amazing. And uh, this uh, this house, speaker of the house, like if you're a patriot and you're following anything and talking about somebody that we you feel is really on track with uh, the MAGA vision of making America great again and true patriotism and constitutionalism. We're like, oh, this guy is not real, he's not, is he one of us, is he not? Like, you know, and um, a debate proceeded and a lot of confusion and the whole world's watching going, what the heck? And even patriots are upset. And I had my own heart failure moments like, oh God, like what? This, the, the craziness isn't gonna end if we don't get this, this worked out. But, I listened to, uh, there were patriots that had wisdom, and they're like, this is a good thing. I'm like, how could it be? We're nervous about debates, arguments, things going, aren't we? We're like, no, 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 there's got to be peace, you know, peace be still. It's, and it's like, this is real uh, Americanism, this is real, this is real debate, like where, not a person is just deciding everything, but it's the real negotiating and the working out things. And, and in the end, as you watch this play out, uh, they took this man who's been on both sides of the fence. I'll just say that as simply as I can. And a group, a small group actually, of patriots rose up and they held his feet to the fire, so to speak. It was, a, it was a tricky maneuver because if too many of them at one time would have abandoned them, the Democrats had a, a choice right in there. And it only took a number of votes to become the Speaker of the House, a certain number. It only took a certain number. It was a, like a real, like, if you understood, and as I, I didn't know before, but I'm listening and watching and learning, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is risky. Don't mess around too much. Donald Trump even put out a statement. Don't mess around too much and embarrass us all. And they end up with a, you know, a Democrat. We end up with a Democrat, uh, uh, liberal-minded, you know, Speaker of the House. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is like, I'm starting to, you know, be still my heart thing. But this small group, young, young congressmen and women, I mean, they're champions. I'm watching them, listening to them. And they're speaking really well, and they're, they're pulling out things and saying, hey, we need you to be this. And in the end, as they started giving their, their votes back, the backstory of this, and I'd hear, I'd see and read things like, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Don't panic. A lot of good stuff going on. And uh, one young congresswoman, I do not know her, what her name was that I did not know before, and uh, she had changed her vote to vote for him. And, but what she had did, done was, was 
said, you can have my vote. If you go after this thing with the January 6th prisoners that for two years without cause have been held in, in the Capitol jail, which is like being in a foreign country, they're still there. Treated badly, everything that is constitutional about a fair trial, it's, none of it applies. They're all, it's a really bad situation. Several of them have committed suicide. Like, this is bad. I, was, I could have been one of those people. They didn't do much of anything that I didn't do. I, they may have gotten up into the Capitol, invited by the Capitol Police, but the way the news presented this, it was not how that was. There were some bad actors. The FBI was planted, had plants in there, a lot of bad stuff that went on. It's like we were just there to support the president and stop the steal, you know. Exercising our constitutional rights in a good way. And this person like, I'll do this, but you have to make, make this a priority to get them out and deal with this situation. He agreed. There were a lot of things like that that um, McCarthy agreed to, and in the end he won. And all the headlines, at least on Truth Social and things that I was watching, it's like he owed everything to Donald Trump for getting his position. I'm like, hmm, how cool. And... Donald Trump doesn't want to control. He's an influence, showing he's how, how to, his leadership is like, it's pretty cool. And uh, you have to research and look. So the Lord's at work. Do not panic. Don't fear. And uh, we may go through some tough things, but there's also promise as we go through this year that we're going to come out. We're going to come out of this. And uh, no one's for sure what that's going to look like. And like I said as I began, it's a great time to really put your trust in the Lord. There's really no figuring it out. Can we just resign ourselves to that? I, I don't know what to tell you to do. I don't know if you should stockpile something or not, you know, get dollars, get gold, buy rubles. I don't know what to say. You know, it's like, it's, it's all, we're at a moment. We're coming to this precipice where, where everything, many things that were are going to transition and change. And so um, those that trust the Lord, and if you need supernatural provision, it's a good time to ask for it, believe for it. Put your trust in him. And um, so having said all that, I have just, um, I am still on this um, Christmas message. <laughs> Takes me forever to have a Christmas message. Then once I, once I did, and uh, I'm like, I've, it's, it just has, uh, it's just stayed because I was revisiting Emmanuel, God with us. And in everything that we have, how many of you can acknowledge this? That even whatever your revelation is today, sitting here about Jesus, that there's room for that revelation to grow. Do you understand that you, though you think you know and you believe and you do, I'm not, ta- I'm not going to take anything away from where you are with Jesus. I don't need, that's not my goal. But do you understand there's, there are levels of deeper to go with that? You can grow in that revelation. 
I believe that we're not that deeply in. I, I want to say to all of you, I really believe, sincerely believe this. There's so much more to get. Yeah? yeah? And when you get it, it impacts you. And when I revisited Emmanuel in Isaiah 7, 14, um, let, me, let me get my Bible open to that. Or um, Isaiah 14, we're going to look at 14 and 15 initially. And um, I had, um, here we go. I don't want to belabor this today because I want to move through it and get to uh, the end. And as all of Scripture, there's a unique um, context. To this, to this promise. And as the chapter begins, there's a king, Ahaz. There's a great division in Israel, so Israel's fighting Israel, which is kind of like you're scratching your head, but yeah, you know, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. Churches fight against churches, and groups fight against groups, and, you know, a house divided, you know, it's a real problem. And he was under attack, and the prophet's speaking to him. And in verse 10, now, you have to understand, the Lord's initiating this question. In verse 10, he says, to Ahaz, the prophet does, through, or the Lord through, through the prophet, Go ahead, ask for a sign from Yahweh your God. Ask for something big, so miraculous that you will know only God did it. Now, if you get a prophetic word like that, like, go for it. You're not testing the Lord. You're being giving a, you're, you're being uh, baited in. Like, hey, ask for something impossible. We're like, oh, no, I'm not going to test the Lord. I'm religious about that. <laughs> I'm not going to put the Lord to, the te to test, which immediately reveals our level of faith about what God can do is really what it does. Instead of going, it's true, the creator of the universe can do anything. He's not limited by anything I know or believe or see or touch or feel. He can do the impossible. He made us. He created with his words, with his voice, the heavens, the earth. So, he can do weird stuff if he wants to. He can do things outside of my little box, yeah? That's Sunday School 101. God is big, you know? That's, he can, he can do things. So, Isaiah, they're like, no, I'm not going to test the Lord. Isaiah, Isaiah in verse 13, so Isaiah said, pay attention family of David, it's bad enough to try the patience of a prophet, but even worse when you try the patience of God as well. You ever have your kids try your patience? You're like, you know what? You're not in trouble at the moment, but it's, it, I'm, gonna, I'm just telling you, they're a little, you know, look at the color of my face. It's coming. <laughs> I must interrupt this message to tell the funniest story. 
my grandson. It might have been New Year's Day, <clears throat> middle of the afternoon, I think Ashley had come over with the kids, and we were just hanging out and whatever. Jace is playing, we're up and down. I'm sitting, I remember we were just in the living room, I'm sitting on the couch, and Jace is playing, and he makes, you know, he's always playing something that's very active with his make-believe thing, and running around doing this and doing that. And Phyllis sitting on the other couch, and I wasn't paying attention to him, but uh, evidently he had taken one of the, you know how you bl we have blankets that lay around the house that we use on the couch, just wherever you want to lay down, put a blanket over your legs. He had one of those and he had it up over his head. I wasn't watching him, but he was just right over there. And um, Phyllis notices this. Well, her and him have had a lot of very interesting discussions about ghosts. And he's become infatuated with Halloween and so she talks to him like, that's not good. We don't like Halloween. So at one point, he looks at her and has this, that was the what the discussion wasn't about being opposite. He looks at her. He's like, well, you don't like Halloween, Mimi, but I do like Halloween. So we're opposites. You know, he learned that's, it's okay to be opposites. So he's, you know, he's in the courtroom. He, he'll, he'll bring it to you. Like, you know. <laughs> so this thing goes on between them and back and forth and, She's told them this thing about ghosts and white ghosts. And, and I agree with her. I don't, like, I don't like to play with that and mess around with that because there's a reality to it and the source of it. Of course, the cartoons, any programming, anything that looks like a kid's show, they have any opportunity, they'll insert Halloween, which really is not logical. You understand how stupid that is that it gets thrown in everything? Like, what's the agenda for that? Why the promotion of it? And um, she sees him, and somehow the discussion starts between her. He walked up to you with that, with the blanket over his head, and you asked, what, what question did you ask him? You didn't ask. Yeah, and, and you sure you didn't ask him something first? Like, what? Yeah, he goes, and you ask him, or No. So he knew this was a problem, that he's got a blanket over his head. And, and so um, his answer to what he was doing was that he was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I remember seeing the look on his face, because he'll have that um, I'm playing chess look on his face. He's thinking, he's thinking of what, I know I'm at a moment where I have to make a strategic move and everything weighs on what move I make. I don't want to jeopardize my life. I'm the Holy Ghost. I looked at him. I looked at Phyllis. She's like... <laughs> I cover my face. I'm like, it's your, it's your move, Phyllis. <laughs> We've all done and played those games with God. We know we have. We're like trying to get away with something, trying to negotiate something, trying to justify something. Out it comes. God has to go, oh my gosh. In his mercy, his patience. 
Verse 14, and the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will name him God among us. So God with you, and that's Emmanuel. And then the next verse is interesting. It says, he will eat curdled milk or curds and honey, and he will know enough to refuse the evil and choose the good. Interesting wording. So I'm looking at the notes and the uh, Brian Simmons with the uh, Passion Translation. And um, in reference to Emmanuel, he makes this statement that a new nature is about to be planted in the soil of humanity. This is, it's such a big deal. That's why I say we're calm, we're used to the words, but to get real revelation, Emmanuel, God with us, and what, what did it really mean? You see, angels watched on, and they don't get to partake of what has happened to us as humans with him becoming one of us. And there's a redemption that is offered to us that they can only watch and observe. They don't get to partake of. They, they, don't, they don't have access to the same thing. So this is something unique. God became a man. He crossed over. A new nature is about to be planted into the soil of humanity. And you start realizing this was so much bigger than what we comprehend. It, it created something was going to begin that had never been before since creation. Emmanuel, Brian Simmons goes on to define a term used for his new creation life coming down out of heaven. So this is fully God and the process, the unique process for the Holy Spirit to come upon Mary, for her to, to become with child from this divine seed. Wow, it is an impossible. Back to what the prophet said. Through, through the Lord said through the prophet, ask me something totally impossible. Oh, no, don't have something? Here, let me give you this one. A virgin's going to conceive and bear a son, and we're going to call him God with you. How about that for an impossible thing to happen? Figure that one out. It will begin as a man, Brian Simmons goes on to say, but will soon become a company of men and women. Emmanuel is the partnership of heaven and earth, God and humanity. And so when that has happened and then when we believe on him, that seed through faith, it's, it affects us. There's a real impact. Something that has happened that changes everything. So, it's important for us to get to a higher level of revelation about Jesus, about him being with us and among us. This is truly amazing, and it, it should change us. If we're unchanged or unimpacted, then you probably haven't been touched by the same thing, because it cannot help but not transform everything. It's a travesty.
for us to be unaffected or unchanged or have that testimony. Like I would never want to have that testimony. I want to have the testimony that since I believed in Jesus, everything's different. The way I think is different. The way I act is different. There's a revelation now, a seed planted that's boiling up and causing me to understand and see what I couldn't see before. There is the life of an indestructible seed inside of me. And so it goes on to the next verse. It's so important. It says that he will eat. It says, curds and honey shall be in, in 7.15, reading out of the new King James Version. Curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. So, again, Brian's, uh, his, his uh, commentary on this is that this one's, his diet is going to be the kingdom promises. What he eats is the word of God. And then in John uh, 4.32, the disciples, they leave him a little bit. They come back with lunch. And he's like, hey, Matt, here's, he's like, I, I have, you need to eat. And he's like, I have, I've eaten food that you don't know about. They're like, what? Somebody bring him something that, you know, like, they're always trying to figure out things with their heads. And it's really frustrating. That doesn't make sense, you know. And they would stumble over things all the time. We would too. We still do. And, and so he, he makes this statement, I have food to eat that you don't know about. You don't realize I eat the promise, the kingdom promises. I, I literally live on this. And um, we see um, there's a, a, a psalm we used to sing as a, a scripture song, Psalm 19. And uh, we can uh, turn there. It's, it's just uh, so, so luscious with uh, uh, the promise of, of how sweet the, the word is and the life uh, impact that it has on us. And when the psalmist is reading, writing about this, if we're not careful, we can have this uh, legalistic um, attitude about reading our Bible. And if you've got stung by that, then you're not going to like to read. You're going to look at it through the eyes of what you should be doing. It's tricky. But instead, it needs to be something that you hunger for, and when you realize how precious it is, and you read through the eyes of, of, of enlightenment and, and realize what you're partaking of, uh, the psalmist had this testimony about the word. And it, uh, starting in verse 7, God's word is perfect in every way, how it revives our souls. His laws lead us to truth, and his ways change the simple into wise. We've lost the value of having wisdom, but it always has value. In our culture, it doesn't have value. It's, wisdom is really demeaned, but in, in a culture that values wisdom, having wisdom, like a person with wisdom, you listen to. 
they, they have influence because they have wisdom. Don't you love listening to someone talk that really ha- knows their stuff? When they speak, there's really depth to, to what they share. They're not full of sarcasm. They're not full, full of bitterness. They're not full of themselves. They, they speak from a different platform. You're like, and you listen because it brings life when you hear these words. That's, the, that's what the word is. His teachings make us joyful and radiate his light. His precepts are so pure. His commands, how they challenge us to keep close to his heart. The revelation light of the word makes my spirit shine radiant. Every one of the Lord's commands is right. Following them brings cheer. Nothing he says ever needs to be changed. The rarest treasures of life are found in his truth. That's why I prize God's word like others prize the finest gold. Nothing brings the soul such sweetness. And you'll see gold and honey are in this, like the sweetness of honey. It's sweeter than honey. The, the, The word, the promises. As we seek for his living words in verse 11... Yes, for they warn us, his servants, and keep us from following the wicked way, giving a lifetime guarantee. Well, this is interesting about Jesus. We think, oh, he's Jesus. He was Jesus. He was always Jesus. And why would it matter to him? He's not going to do anything wrong because he's Jesus, right? But it's not what the word says. It says, here's this promise in verse 15 saying, he will eat this. He will eat milk, milk and honey. He'll eat the promises. He'll, he'll feed on them. And in Matthew 4, 11, 1 through 11, what do we find? It's actually a strange passage. We call it the temptation of Jesus, which to the unenlightened mind, it's an oxymoron. How could Jesus be tempted really? Come on. He's Jesus, right? I struggled with that all my life. You know, it's not something you go around admitting, but it's like, boy, I have a hard time with that verse. I have a hard time getting my head around it. But the reality was there was a temptation in that. And how many of you have noticed when you're really tired, when you're worn down, when you're run ragged, how much easier it is to to give in to something you know you shouldn't do? Get your sleep. (laughs) I just say, make sure you get your rest because you set yourself up just being weary and tired. Here's Jesus in the wilderness on a 40-day fast. Trust me, you get weak. You get wore out, especially by the end. You can't get up and walk across the room. You are there's nothing there. It's uh, the way some people talked about when they had COVID. They, they had their energy level. Last night, Jace was here, and he says, my, before we ate pizza or whatever, he goes, my energy level's at one. <laughs> now, it took him four years to be able to communicate that before he just, like, fall off the edge of the planet. We are like, what is wrong with him? And Ashley would be like, when's the last time he ate? Because he just would keep going and keep going. And his energy level would go way low, you know. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, boy, feed this thing. I said, what's it going to be after you eat? 14. It's going to be 11. It's going to be 14. So, 
comes up with this stuff. But the devil comes and tempts, and again, this promise in Isaiah, he'll know not to do, he'll know between good and evil. If we're not filled with the word, you won't know to do good. You won't know at those important times. And I don't know about you, but I've had my share of mistakes, and I don't want to talk about them. And many of them are, if I would have only had wisdom about that. Where do you get wisdom? In Proverbs, about wisdom, there's this, there's this uh, invitation. Come and get wisdom. Buy and eat from me. Come and get from me so that you will have understanding about how to manage the tricky areas. It's so easy to get pulled into things, especially in this culture where targeted, where every day the advertisements, the things that press on you, the people that press on you, it's so easy to all of a sudden you're entangled in something and you're like, how in the heck did I get here? And those things are difficult sometimes to get untangled from. There's a promise here. There's an effect that the word has on us that, is, that boggles your mind. That's why we're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Well, stop trying to figure it out and just understand. Eating the word and eating the promises and feeding on them continually and keeping them at the forefront. I don't know what it's going to take for you to do that, but we all need to get it up. up upgrade it. Find access, write out promises on your hands, do, do whatever it takes. I've put scriptures in my pocket, take them to work. It doesn't matter, you know? Like, can't, I only need a verse. I only need a current word from the Lord, and it'll feed me all day. And I'll stash it somewhere. I'll try to keep that, even in difficult situations, to keep that. I keep it in front of my eyes. And, and when I do, it brings life. I, I, I feed on it. I, I, I take that in. And when Jesus was done that with that temptation, the, minist- the, the angels actually step in and minister to him. I don't know what that really looked like, except that, that he was that exhausted. And he was in the wilderness. Have you ever run out of steam and you can't even get to the refrigerator? Because it just isn't one around, you know? It's that thing. Okay, it's time to eat, but how do I get to, to my substance? How do I get to the source? How can I get there? And, and he does. But, but so they ministered to him. That's how exhausted that, the, that, and that ending of the temptation and the situation. With the, because when the devil's present, when he really comes in his presence in reality... I don't think it's a walk in a park. You know, many of you have experienced going into a situation or unfortunately sometimes being around people and the air in the room gets cold. That's a real thing. And getting into to that, it's, it's extremely demanding and exhausting. Jesus was really tempted 
the promise, the, the reason that we see that he made it through that temptation was that he ate the promises. He, he, his diet was the covenant promises of the Lord. We cannot afford to not have these things. Phyllis is, is a great exhorter in this, especially recently talking with like, we've got to get this, get this going. We've got to break out of this. We've got to shout when we don't feel like shouting. We've got to sing when we don't feel like singing. That opening song, it's, it's just so important. Sing it when you don't even feel like it. It, it attracts the help that you need. It will bring the change in the atmosphere. Heaven's attracted to that sound. Cannot help himself. It's like you when you hear a baby crying. It's like, hey, somebody do something, you know? I'm not even its mother. It's like there's a child crying. And I'm like, I'm not even okay till someone gets that baby to stop crying. So we're wired to hear that, and God is wired to hear your cry. He's wired, wired to come and come and intervene and come to you when you need him to. That passage is so good with um, Psalms 19. Let me close with this. Psalms 18, verses 28 and 30. Psalms 18. We all are in desperate need of having light and life pour into us. If you're casual about it, you'll get drained. The atmosphere right now, it'll, it'll drain it out of you. God, all at once you turned on a floodlight for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness. And in your brightness, I can see the path ahead. With you as my strength, I can crush an enemy horde. I love that feeling. Like, when you feel energized, when you feel brave all of a sudden, when courage rises up in your heart and you're like, I can do this, you know? It's a great feeling. I love that feeling. I need that thing to come on me more often. And it comes as you, you brace up your heart and you, you, you take in the promises. And the Spirit will come and visit you. It advances you through strongholds. He stands in front of me. Uh, verse 30, what a, good, what a God you are. Your path for me has been perfect. All your promises have proven true. What a secure shelter for all those who turn to hide themselves in you. You are the wraparound God giving grace to me. I was saying to somebody recently that was visiting, not somebody that comes normally, and I just made a comment. Yeah, I remember now who it was. They were at one of our the Christmas Eve service, the New Year's Eve service, one of those like, wow, this was really good. I said, yeah, it's why we actually come to church. We don't come because we're good people. We come because we need constantly encouraged and nurtured and exhorted. And this is what keeps us going, that, that fellowship, the, the real connection in the Lord and the Spirit, and what happens when we come and we worship together and pray and we, and we share the word. And there's... Uh, uh, such a reward, a, a 
I connected to taking in the word, of preaching the word, like the Lord doesn't consider it a small thing. Like that you, and we all have this opportunity to convey that word, to preach that word, no matter where you are. You don't have to have a pulpit or a big group. Every time you repeat a promise and you do it in faith, it, it ministers life. And you're preaching his word. You're saying it. Don't need a title. You, you just need that anointing and that faith to speak it, speak words of life, and see how it affects things. Your light, it will light up my path. It will enlighten me. And that, that is our promise. I talked about recently a dream that I had. Um, <clears throat> and in that dream, I, I got drawn into, it wasn't even an intentional thing, but I got drawn into uh, praying for people. And as I did, there was an explosion in their life, like their spirit just, boom, awakening came. And they were like, what is this? They asked this question. And uh, in my dream, I said, this is the union with Christ. This is, this is the experience, the manifestation of being joined to him. And so <clears throat> it, it takes faith uh, to step out in, but I, I feel I need to just start walking this out if it's only one person to just start praying for this, praying for this manifestation of the union. It's a real thing, people. And I think we can, there's so much more that we can see. If we're going to see mass revival, this is what it's going to take. It can't just be the work of men giving altar calls that are emotional. It's got to be real stuff. It's got to be real encounters. And when people that were experiencing nothing all of a sudden have this explosion in their heart of encountering Jesus, trust me, you won't have to advertise anything. People will come to the house. As Tommy used to say, you get bread in the house, hungry people will show up. They'll break the doors down. I experienced that as I listened to Tommy Tenney speak. Uh, we were up in Cleveland. He hold, he's telling this story. It's the first time I heard the story. He's holding up a loaf of bread, and he's like, this, this is the bread, that, you know, from the table. Bread of presence. Yes, that's what it was. And, and, he, and I, I was sitting like in the second row, and I, he was just right there. And it wasn't a, a lot of people, 30, 50 people in, the, in, the, in this room because it was just a side message and he he holds this up and he's just I don't even know if he gave an invitation to come to you know like we are so well mannered when we have communion I'm, I appreciate that it's good I don't want anybody rushing the table or anything like that anybody getting trampled hey where, where'd you get trampled oh church communion you know some people got excited I got mowed down I'll be okay I've got a broken leg but it's all right This only happens to me once in a while because I'm not Im outwardly emotional. I almost jumped over the first row just to get up there. I mean, I, I was outside of myself with anticipation of what he was ministering, like what he was talking about.
We have to start. We have to take chances on risks. Pray prayers that you may not have any real energy like or confidence about, but you know it's true and it's right, and the Lord's confirmed. Can you all make a commitment right now, a fresh commitment today for onward, for forward, that you'll start listening to the Spirit, that you'll, that you'll pay more attention? Man, I get so grieved because I know I, I'm not paying attention to the nudges. And everything that goes bad in my life, I can identify a nudge. A, a, the slightest thing like, hey, fix that, do this, change that, watch over that. And out of laziness, out of what I have, this li- I have a list, I'll pull them out. Here's my reasons why I don't, you know? <laughs> what? But was losing that opportunity worth it? Was losing that money worth it? Was losing the, having the situation go bad worth it? No. Then the excuses are like, Commit yourself to move. You don't have to conjure up emotions. You don't have to prove yourself. Just obey. Just do simple things. Make a phone call. Do something in your house that you know, hey, I should do this. Do something with your finances. You're like, you know what? I better check this. I better do this. Whatever it is, follow the Spirit. Yes, Mary. Before we take communion, we are going to call on the name above all names for a healing this morning. Uh, Chris and Karen's grandson, Aiden, has had uh, stomach problems. He's had stomach pain for months, and Brant can't get him in to see a specialist. So we're going to pray for his healing right now. Yes. If you would put your hands on your stomachs. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Father, in Jesus' name. All of you who feel the presence of Jesus right now, ask that uh, Jesus put his hands on Aiden right now, on, on Aiden's stomach. Yes, Jesus. And we're going to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Aiden, brothers, you are healed. Yes, Lord. Thank you. All of you who agree... In the power of healing through Jesus, say amen. Amen. When the new year started this week, I took the opportunity to kind of get a fresh start and read through Genesis. And yesterday I was telling Pam that I was reading about Jacob. And he had a dream and the Lord came to him in the dream And he said, I am with you always, and I will watch over you. Mm -hmm. And Pam reminded me that at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so I was reminded that from the beginning of the Old Testament to the end of the gospels, we have that promise that Jesus is with us. We have the promise of his presence. 
Jacob didn't always acknowledge it, and we don't always acknowledge it, but we have the opportunity right now in the middle of this worship, worshiping Jesus, we have him at this table. We can step into his presence in communion. On New Year's Eve, we made declarations about communion, that we were taking God into our bodies and that we were receiving the light of the world. We were acknowledging who Jesus is, and we, this morning, have the opportunity to acknowledge his presence and to step into his presence. Chris and Karen are gonna pass out uh, communion this morning. And I ask you all to take this opportunity to step to the communion table as you worship, <clears throat> step into the presence of the Lord in communion. I ask when you take the cup and the bread from Chris and Karen that you would declare out loud of victory. <clears throat> 